Take a moment to look around you. Really look. What can you see? How many colours? How many shapes? How many patterns? For people with sight, 80% of learning is done visually. We engage with the world first and foremost through what we see. But for most of us, sight is a sense we take for granted. Hi, I'm Elise and welcome to the latest episode of the My Amazing Body podcast where we explore interesting, unknown and misunderstood parts of your body. Today, we're learning about the eye. Do you know what your eyeball actually looks like? Sure, you know the colour, but what about what happens behind the iris? Like most parts of your body, your eye is more complex than it appears on the surface. We asked eye expert Professor Glenn Goll to explain the eye and how it works. I'm Glenn Goll. I'm a senior ophthalmologist and a Professor of Ophthalmology at Queensland Children's Hospital in Brisbane. Ironically, the best way to understand the parts of the eye are to see it. As Professor Gold describes the eye, you might find it helpful to look at a diagram. We've included one in the show notes. For starters, Professor Gold says that a common misconception about the eyeball is its shape. It's slightly oval, so it's not a perfect sphere. The adelaide is made up of a structural protein called collagen, which makes up the sort of cartilage in your bones and things like that. Uh, the inner layer is mostly blood vessels, and the purpose of the layer at the back of the eye, the blood vessel layer at the back of the eye, which is the middle layer, the choroid, is to nourish the retina on the inside of it. So the retina is the innermost layer of the eye. The cornea is the clear front window in the front of the eye, and that's kept clear by some cells that sit on the back. It's kept to a certain amount of water in it, and it's, it changes shape a lot in the first year of life. The eye sort of adjusts its growth rate to get a sharper focus by the end of the first year of life. When the cornea is damaged, it, it'll go cloudy. And it may go cloudy temporarily, like if you've got a scratch or something on the front of the eye. Or it may form scar tissue that may be permanent. Or the child can be born with various diseases of the cornea, which produce a cloudy or a white cornea. And they're very bad for your vision. While we think of deteriorating eyesight as a problem for the elderly, newborn babies don't have 20-20 vision either. In fact, the world is pretty blurry for new bobs, with their vision about eight times worse than the level set for legal blindness. You'll get to your adult level of vision between about age six and eight. So in the first few months of life, vision is very poor when you're born. Your vision's about eight times worse than a blind pinch in the day you're born. You can still see because all you need to find is the edge of mum's face and look in the right direction and find your food supply. At about six months of age, it's about twice as good as the blind pension. When you're three, it's about a line or two off normal. And when you get to six to eight, you'll get to your, your final vision. But the first few months are really critical. What all this visual development about in the first year of life, the eye grows a bit. The front of the eye adopts a, a more rounder shape, so it focuses better. And the eye makes connections into the brain. So during the first few years of life, a lot of active connections being made between the eye and the brain. Because the eye just works like a camera. It receives light and it puts out an electrical signal, goes down the optic nerve at the back of the eye into the back part of the brain, which is what you actually see with. 
So all those connections inside the eye have to be made and connections along the pathway to the visual part of the brain have to be made and the visual part of the brain has to organise itself and make connections to the eye. As a paediatric ophthalmologist, which means he specialises in children's eye health, Professor Goal is passionate about educating Queensland parents on what they can do to promote good eye health and vision for their kids. Vision is a developed sense and actually you have to learn to see. How can you help your child's visual development is give the kid lots of visual stimulation. And it's said that the single most important toy you can give to a child is a set of coloured blocks. So it gives the child size, shape, texture, and, and as well as some different colours. So it gives the child something tactile and something visual as well. The big thing that damages eyesight in the state of Queensland is sunlight. So it's important that when you go outside, you should wear sunglasses. And it turns out the first decade of life is very important to wear sunglasses as well because a lot of the fleshy growths we get on the inner part of the eye in middle age, and you see them out in Stockman and things like that called a pterygium, is related to how much sunlight you got in the first decade of life. And it turns out, and this was an Australian discovery, that the sunlight that produces that actually comes from the side and gets reflected inside your cornea and focused on the inner side of the eye. So it's very important to have wraparound sunglasses so you stop the light coming in from the side as well. Are you ready for this episode's mystery body part? See if you can guess what the body part is from the clues given. We'll reveal the answer at the end of the episode. Some people don't like how I look and remove me, but be warned, it might hurt when you pull me out. As you grow older, I get longer. I act as a filter to keep large particles like dust, pollen, spores, viruses and bacteria from entering your nasal passages. I'm also responsible for moving mucus to the back of your nose. Do you know what I am? As well as treating children for minor eye injuries and vision issues, at Queensland Children's Hospital, Professor Goal also looks after children with serious diseases. About 1 in 2,500 babies are born with cataracts and these are usually detected at the birth exam in the newborn or at the six-week-old baby check and every time these checks take place, someone should be looking to check whether or not the babies had cataracts. The common cause of cataracts in babies are often hereditary, they run in families. Then there's a whole lot of genetic disorders that cause cataracts. Just for instance, 1% of children with Down syndrome have cataracts. So what cataract is, it's a clouding over the proteins in the lens of the eye. So it's just like the lens is a clear structure at the front of the eye that does most of the focusing. And when you get a cataract, it's just like cooking an egg. It just goes white like an egg being cooked. And then that interferes with visual development. The reason it's so important in babies to find these early is that vision is a developed sense. You actually have to learn to see. And it's very important to do this in the first few months of life. The visual development goes up until about age eight. So a lot of our work involves oncology, dealing with uh, patients with brain cancer, etc. And we're also the uh, Queensland Treatment Centre for an eye cancer in children called retinoblastoma. And this is a tumour that affects about one in 18,000 children. So we'd see about between four and six a year here at the Children's Hospital. And I think the take-home message from this is this tumour grows inside the eye and its common form, it produces a white lump inside the eye. 
So when you look at the eye, it'll have a cat's eye reflex. Instead of having a dark uh, pupil, there'll be a reflection from inside the eye. This is often seen on photographs. So if there's a child who's got a white pupil, they need to be seen right away because the worst thing it could be is an eye cancer. There's some other causes as well. It's quite a few, but they're all collectively quite rare. So that's the common presenting sign of eye cancer in children is to have a white pupil. And it's commonly picked up at photographs. And curiously, we find we see a lot of these children around at Christmas time. And we can never figure this out. But now what it is, is families get together. Uncle Harry says, what's wrong with your little child's eye? Or people take the photographs of Christmas and someone sees the white pupil in one or both eyes. And they come in and get looked at. As we age, our eyes age with us. And with that comes other concerns for our vision. The common things that can happen to your eye as you age is you may develop cataracts as you get older. The other thing that happens to all of us is around at age 43, you lose the ability to focus close up and all of us sooner or later need reading glasses unless we're very short-sighted. It's to do with the, the muscle that changes the shape of the lens, gets a bit stiff and also the lens gets a bit stiff as you get older. So all of us get that and all of us basically need reading glasses some stage. We spoke to two Queenslanders, Jim and Tina, who both noticed that something had changed with their eyesight as they got older. Well, my vision started changing, even with glasses, wasn't quite as sharp as it had been before. Couldn't see television as quite as clearly. And I was trying to get little floating embers in the eyes, which is a classic sign of, of cataracts, apparently. That's Jim. About a week ago, Jim had two surgeries to remove cataracts from both of his eyes. Uh, well, I've noticed my eyes have been changing quite a bit over the last year or two. And I've been to optometrists in the past and they've said to me, I've got the beginnings of a cataract problem in both eyes. And that's steadily got worse up to the end of last year when I went and saw a specialist. And he said, yep, you've got cataracts there. You're going to need an operation at some point. He said, come and see me next year when you feel you're ready for it, and that was this year. So I went and saw him, and uh, I had operations done on both eyes, about a week apart. For me, basically entailed lying on a bed and then getting up afterwards. <laughs> the doctors did all the work. Effectively, they put me into a mild anesthesia, sort of sedated me rather than put me out totally. And then they took out the lenses in my eyes and replaced them with intraocular lenses. Cataract surgery is one of the most common elective adult surgeries in the country. Professor Gohl explains that the process for adults like Jim is different to the surgery he performs on babies born with cataracts. Because in adults, you cut the front of the lens open, you shatter the cataract with ultrasound, suck the bits out and put a little folding plastic lens into the bag that holds the lens. Very safe operation, fantastic outcomes. It's revolutionised the lives of older people. In babies, we cut the front of the lens open, but we generally just suck the cataract out or chew it out with a little cutter. It's like a blood needle with a little guillotine on the end. 
the back of the lens bag can cloud over. So we have to cut the back of the lens bag open as well and take out about the third of the jelly inside the eye so we clear the visual pathway once and for all. After that, of course, the eye is out of focus. So what we do in babies is fit them with contact lenses three or four days after surgery. And the, the reason contact lenses are so good is as the eye grows and the power of the eye changes, we can just change the contact lenses. Whereas with an intraocular lens, like in adults, the adult's eye growth is finished, so they need one lens power, and that's all they need. While he's still recovering from his surgery, Jim's been pretty pleased with the results so far. Well, the, the first day, you don't see much because you've taken a lot of eye drops and your eyes are a bit foggy and bleary. But I noticed within about the sec- after the second day, actually, I noticed significant difference in my first eye, which was really, really bad and will never, ever be 100% even with the operation. But just having that operation made such a difference. I woke up the morning after the operation and I had a book on my bedside table And normally with that eye, I close my good eye, my right eye, and just look at it with my left eye. Normally, even with glasses, I wouldn't have been able to see the title clearly, but I had no glasses on, and I could see the title of the book, which was pretty incredible for that eye. For Tina, a Queenslander in her 40s with young children, hearing she had a cataract in her left eye was scary news. I started noticing that my distance vision was not right and when I would sit and still until it gets corrected still is the case when I'd sit anything further than a meter away from someone I couldn't see the expression on their face they could be looking at me they could not be looking at me just not sure so it's it started feeling out of place and and it feels a bit scary it is a a dramatic change in sight um, especially being a mom Tina has always had problems with her eyesight. In fact, she was born with one eyeball, her right, significantly larger than the other. Throughout childhood, she had eye tests and found that the eyesight in her right eye was very poor. Your average eyeball, let's say it was like 28 mil in diameter. Mine's like 36. I don't ever recall having sight in my right eye. My job is one that entails constantly looking on a, if not a computer, a form of a device. I manage workflow, so like a project manager. Um, So as you can imagine, it's always data reporting, constantly looking at progress of projects. And yeah, I'm, I'm also finding that on the computer now, I'm increasing the view of the screen. Without surgery to remove her cataract, Tina's eyesight would be severely impacted. So she's looking forward to her surgery in a couple of months. Um, I wish it was tomorrow. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I look forward to it. Looking after your eye health is as important as every other part of your body. So having the annual checkup is a great preventative method to ensure that you don't have any eyesight issues. P, U, V, or W? Because it is a scary place when you feel that your eyesight is not what it was. Also, just be aware of it with kids. And we don't often tend to put sunglasses on kids, but it is an important thing to do. (laughs) 
Do babies only see in black and white? Should you eat carrots to help you see better? And is screen time really making children's eyesight worse? To finish off this episode, we asked Professor Gold to bust some eyesight myths. No, babies don't see it black and white. They have the same colour vision that we do. There's a bit of vitamin A in, in carrots, but mainly in leafy green vegetables. So it's, it's important to have a, a balanced diet. Just a normal diet will produce no problems with your eye. But uh, we've seen a couple of children over the years who are on fad diets, and particularly children who just eat potato chips. And uh, they contain no vitamin A at all. We've had a couple of children over the years go blind from nutritional optic neuropathy. A mixed diet is very important. If if your uh, child just eats potato chips, in the end they'll lose their eyesight from a treatable condition. The big emerging thing over the last few decades around the world has been an increase in the number of children who are short-sighted. And there's been a lot of research done on this because it's only been the last 25 or 30 years this has taken place. It's very common in Asian countries. And until recently, it wasn't quite as common in Australia as it was elsewhere. And a lot of work done on this, but particularly in Singapore. Everyone in Singapore goes into the armed forces at age 18, so they know what's happening to teenagers in their population. And probably 80 or 90% of them are now short-sighted. But about 10% of people with short-sightedness become very short-sighted and then they're at risk of macular degeneration in middle and old age and of getting detached retinas through life. So it's a big public health problem because if you look at Singapore, 90% of the population and you know, roughly uh, being short-sighted and maybe 10% of them being at risk of vision loss as they get older, it's a big public health problem. So they've done an enormous amount of research on it. It turns out that the, the biggest single risk factor is not too much close work, which we've all thought for about 150 years, but not looking the distance enough and not getting enough bright light, basically. So recommendation is to go outside, you know, if you're doing a lot of close work and stuff, go outside and look in the distance and get some more distance work you know, every hour or so, go out and look outside. So in Australia, we've all been outdoors and kicking footballs, etc. This hasn't been as common, but it's now becoming more common. Thanks for joining us for another episode of My Amazing Body. Before we go, did you guess our mystery body part this episode? The mucus mover in your nasal passages is your nose hair. My Amazing Body is brought to you by Queensland Health, with special thanks to our expert guest, Professor Gole, patients Jim and Tina, and my podcast colleagues, Lauren, our researcher, writer and producer, Carol, our audio technician, Dan, our music guru, and the media team at Children's Health Queensland. Thank <laughs> you.